Hello, thank you for joining us. This is What Counts by Trailblazer Consulting. In this podcast, we highlight proven solutions that we have developed through our experience working with companies across various industries, and we talk about how you can apply them to your company. We share our experience working with companies to solve their information management challenges. We tackle records retention schedules, program implementation and training, and more complex challenges like asset data management. This is Lee, and in this episode, Moore and I will discuss strategies on how to best approach scheduling interviews for your information management assessment. Thanks, Lee. Hi, this is Maura, and I am all set to talk about strategy related to scheduling interviews. Before I jump into that, I just want to say, if you've been listening to us for a while now, you may have noticed we've been talking about the planning and the pre-activities for getting us into an assessment for a few episodes. And there's a reason. We've discovered over time that all of this planning that we do ahead of time makes the assessment process itself go much more smoothly. If we know what we're going to ask people, what we're looking to get out of the interviews, what themes we're expecting, and, and what, what curveballs might be thrown at us because of what we've seen in other places, we've done all that thinking ahead of time. We've done a lot of work ahead of time on how to ask follow-up questions, what directions we might want to take a conversation, then when we get into the interviews, they're much more efficient. We're much more focused and able to um, really be respectful of the participants' time. And while that may seem like it, it, is, it is an extremely important thing as a consultant to be efficient, to be respectful of everyone's time, we think it's equally important if you're inside an organization that you want to be careful that you're, you're calling people and when you're asking them for favors, asking them to talk to you, you want to make sure that, that it's not a waste of anyone's time, yours included. Okay, so let's talk about strategy. There's two, two pieces to this that I wanted to really talk about how to go about scheduling the interviews. The first one is strategic. How do you organize the interview list? And last time Lee talked about how do we develop that interview list? The second piece is a little more mundane, which is actually the logistics. How do we get this done? All right, so let's talk about the strategy first. Remember at the very beginning of this, we talked about the goal and the scope, the problem statement, what are we trying to solve? And in those discussions with your internal counterparts or with our clients, we've figured out, are we covering the whole company? Are we covering just one slice, one business area, one business function? Or are we, and are we, are we looking geographically across um, the whole footprint? Having made those choices, then you have a couple of more questions to ask yourself and work with your small team on. Do you want to start at the top and get a, an overview of each business area that's a part of your assessment? Talk to somebody who's at the manager or director level and you're going to get a pretty broad picture, but you're not going to get a lot of details. So you may want to start there and they'll guide you to who else in their organization is going to be able to dive deeper. This could be a cultural question about your organization though, because it may be that you don't wanna bother those people at the top with who should I go talk to? And you wanna build a sort of a mid-level to hands-on set of interviewees and do those interviews first so that you've built up a good picture 
of how is information flowing in the organization? How, is, uh, how are the answers to your questions helping you to um, scope, to get to your problem statement, to get to a potential answer to your problem statement, your questions that you had at the beginning of this, and then take that to the more senior people and test it. Test your theories there. Say, okay, here's all the things that we've learned, say, about how um, e-discovery works across your company and how do we, and this is where we think you, you might have some room for improvement, some opportunities for improvement. Or we've looked around across the company and we've discovered that you have customer data in a few different places and that's a privacy risk and we'd like to talk with you about how to address that privacy risk. So you need to think about these things. Do you want that top level picture and go down? Or do you wanna build a, a, broader, a broader picture and form some preliminary conclusions before you go up? Both work. It depends on the problem you're trying to solve, the questions you're asking, and the particular way that your organization is structured. A second thought is you might wanna look at, if you have a problem statement that's complex, you might want to look across the whole organization and try and get a stripe of it. You know, how are we looking at the electronic data flow? How are people using email? Or how are people interacting in from a document perspective? How does a document intense organization build their documents? Do they have collaboration tools? And ask these questions across three or four different parts of your organization before you go either up or down. So you've got this cross-functional view. Again, your, the answers to your questions are really based on what's the problem we're trying to solve and how does your organization work? In either case, as Lee mentioned last week, it's very likely, and in fact, we like it when it happens, that the first few interviews that you do are gonna give you five or 10 more people that you wanna go talk to. Then you need to decide, do we stop? Do we go look, talk to those five new people or do we continue on the path that we had and add those people in at the end if we still need to add more depth or more color or we've missed some component that no one else covered yet. That's where your planning gives you a sense of it, but you're gonna have to make those decisions to pay, based on how the interviews are going, who the new people are that are being recommended and and what makes the most sense in each situation. The goal here is fit your interview organization strategy into your overall strategy for the assessment. Okay, so then we get to the mundane. How do you actually get these interviews set up and how do you actually carry them out? So in an ideal world, uh, a client might give us an administrative person who knows everybody, understands how important they are, which meetings can be pushed back or not, and we work with that person and they set the interviews up. We go in with a team of at least two, so we have someone to lead the conversation and someone to take notes, and everything is face-to-face -face and it all goes smooth, perfectly, perfectly smoothly and as planned. In the real world, that hardly ever happens. <laughs> um, Actually, when we started doing these assessments about five or six years ago, we did often get an administrative person assigned to us. That was the way that the organizations worked. The client would have their admin help us to set the interviews up. 
But in the past few years, it's much more likely that we're on our own. And hopefully, they're giving us access to people's calendars so that we can look at their availability, we can send an invitation and, um, and set something up directly with each interviewee. If you're an internal person, you have that access, which is great. Before you jump into just sending out interview invites though, we always find it helpful to send an introductory email that's coming from the sponsor of this assessment. We'll help draft that. Um, they'll decide, should it go to everyone on the interview list? Should it just go to the managers and directors on the interview list? And then we look to them to kind of trickle it down to the other interviewees. But before any, an invite shows up, you, wanna, you want people to expect it. You want them to know that this is a legitimate question and that you are, um, and that it's an important initiative in your company. So if you're doing this internally, figure out who the right uh, sender is for that email. Could be you, you could be well enough known, you could be in the right place in the organization to send that out and say, hey, I need your help and I would like to talk to you for 30 minutes or so. We also go back and forth on whether we send the questions in advance or not. In most cases, I think it's not helpful to send the questions in advance. And we spent a lot of time in an earlier episode talking about how we craft the questions and tailor them for each assessment. But when you send the questions in advance, a lot of people will just read the question and give a one, one sentence answer or a yes or no answer. And then when you wanna follow up with the conversation, they kind of feel like, hey, didn't we do this already? So we, we try not to send the questions, not because they're a secret, but because what we want is to have a conversation. We don't just want somebody to write down easy answers. However, there are some companies where everybody wants the questions in advance, they wanna be able to prepare, and they don't want any surprises, in which case, absolutely, we'll send the questions. But as part of that introductory email, we'll also say, you're going to, um, it's going to be a conversation. We're not going to just walk through these questions. Interestingly, many years ago when we started doing this, we had one um, organization that was extremely upset because they didn't think we had followed the interview guide. We weren't, and the reason they didn't think so is because we weren't sitting in the interviews writing down on a piece of paper the answer to question one, the answer to question two, the answer to question three. And we actually had to go through a process of demonstrating that, in fact, we had gotten all the answers <laughs> and that our follow-up outside of the interview time where we put together our preliminary findings, we were matching them up question by question. Here's everything we learned about, you know, question one from person A, B, C, D. And we often do that in a matrix. So we had to actually show that to that client because they were in the interviews in some cases but they, didn't, they weren't really following the conversation because they were very focused on the questionnaire in front of them and that we weren't saying, okay, question one, tell us about your job. Question two, tell us about any systems you use, even though we talked about all those things. So you have to judge your company, your organization, how tightly are people gonna be tied to a written list of questions if what you really want to have is a conversation about how do people use their information? 
So that brings me to the third logistics piece that goes into the strategy of scheduling these interviews. If you are able to do the interviews in person or via video conference, do you want them to be back to back, one after another, all day long, um, which you may have heard us say in an earlier podcast, we did a blitz of 65 interviews in two weeks for one client, or do you want some time in between? For the early interviews, we find it very useful to have a little bit of time in between. We like to take that time, first of all, to look at the, the way the questions played out in the conversation. Did we, you know, did we change something consistently? Do we want to uh, update the questionnaire? But more importantly, we want to go back to our client and say, here's how it's going. Here's what we're doing. We want to make these changes or we don't want to make these changes, but we want to make sure that you're aware and you understand where we're heading with this. All right, so that's a lot about scheduling. I think we're almost ready to actually start talking about the assessment, either in our, our next episode or the one after that. So thank you for joining us on What Counts. Wow, Maura, that was good. Thank you very much for all that. I think you're absolutely right uh, in, in everything that you said, of course. Um, but I do think that there's you should schedule the interviews a little bit spaced out uh, because there's there's prep work that you should do up front, right? Then there's the interview itself, and then take some time to do the analysis of that interview so that you can bounce to the next one and and keep on growing the information that you're getting. And, and maybe it changes some questions. I think you had mentioned that. If you have any questions, please send us an email at info at trailblazer.us.com. That's info at trailblazer.us.com. Thank you for listening, and please tune into our next episode where we talk about key statistics that come out of the assessments that may surprise you.